Hello and welcome to The Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pina. And we're here to talk to you about the latest and sometimes not so greatest in movies, music, TV, and whatever else we want to talk about. Got a lot of news today. Let's get on to it. Uh, Greta Gerwig, director of Little Women and Ladyburg, has been signed on to direct the Barbie movie for Warner Bros. Uh, that's going to star Margot Robbie. And she's going to produce it. It's been in the making for a couple years now. COVID delayed it, I think. Yada, yada, Barbie movie. Yeah, uh, I wanted to comment on this real quick. Uh, to just open a couple of little thread lines for what is going to be probably our final thing we talk about for this episode. But um, one, I just love Greta Gerwig, or however you say her last name. Um, obviously, really like Lady Bird and Little Woman, literally, like... One of my I favorite movies. I still need to see Lady Bird. You've said it a billion times how much you like it, and I just never it's, got to it. It's really good. It's really good. Um, and yeah, like Noah Baumbach is really interesting, so it's kind of, you know, just... Yeah, Mar know. Marriage Stories, yeah. Noah Baumbach is co-writing. Uh, Greta Gerwig was right. co-writing, but now she's directing and co-writing, so boom, bada, bing, you know. Right. Um, but I wanted to say that uh, specifically the Margot Robbie piece of this bit to the news is my one hang up. Um, I don't even think Margot Robbie's a bad actress by any means or anything like that, but I think she suffers this problem that I think exists uh, that we can get more into, but it's the same problem I have with Scarlett Johansson. Um, we'll just save that and then we'll talk about okay. it, uh, when it when it needs to come up. But yeah, Margot Robbie, I'm like, eh. Hey, I mean, I'm sure it'll be good and particularly with it being, I'm assuming, literally about like the dolls, Barbie dolls, right? Like at least in relation to that of yeah. some kind, right? Like yeah, you don't, you yeah, can't yeah, make yeah. the title claim that. Like it doesn't, have, she doesn't have to be a Barbie that gets animated like that one yeah, for I, Disney. Yeah, I, I am curious as to whether you know it'll be in the Barbie universe or maybe you know like <laughs> it's just the Barbie character in our universe. Like there's no right. actual actual. Or she's figure. just, or she's just a plastic person, Ooh, you know. Or, and yeah, or just, her yeah. name's just Barbie. Okay, you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know which way it's going. I don't know, but. It's interesting. Yeah, um, we have no plot details. Uh, all we know is it's coming out, I think, late next year is what they're hoping for. You, you never know with movie dates these days anymore, though. COVID-2. COVID-2 is coming. Okay. Uh, more casting news. Henry Cavill will star in a movie adaptation of the book The Rosie Project. Um, this piece of news isn't really huge. I probably wouldn't cover it, other than the fact that Henry Cavill what, has been in action movies for the last seven years and nothing else uh it's just yeah yeah it's it's a change of pace for him to be in anything other than action uh this is a romance novel the synopsis is uh genetics professor don tillman who struggles to have a serious relationship with women uh with a friend's help he devises a questionnaire to assess the suitability of female partners doesn't sound romantic to me uh it doesn't <laughs> doesn't strike me as romantic but uh you know it's I guess it's a popular enough book to get an adaptation. I think it came out in 2016. So, what, four or five years? Pretty popular, I'd say. Uh, and I just wanted to talk about that. Like, because I was trying to think of the movies Henry Cavill has been in lately. Or, you know, I guess TV shows, because Witcher. What's, what, spy movie? Uh, was he in um, the Warcraft movie? I don't think so, no. He's just a Warcraft fan. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else who was in that movie, their career died <laughs> that day. 
Okay. Uh, moving on to a rumor report. Actor Yahya Abdul-Mateen II might play young Morpheus in the new Matrix movie. Uh, Matrix 4, I forgot what's that subtitle is going to be. And Re-reloaded. Exactly, yes. Uh, it seems to be that the plot is going to be 60 years set in the future, or sorry, set in the future 60 years from the first movie. Uh, I don't know how that affects that story. I can barely tell you the Matrix story. I, I want to rewatch that trilogy, but, uh, was, you know. Was, was this the dude that played Bobby Seal in Trial for Chicago 7? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did Watchmen. He's Dr. Manhattan, you know. Uh, great actor, so you know I'm excited to see him as the role because I think last week Lawrence Fishburne said he was not going to play a part in Matrix Four, so this just lends a little credit to this rumor. Uh, you know, it, I guess I I couldn't think of a better young Morpheus, so you know, kind of excited, kind of not. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to see Matrix Four. You're not going to see that's horseshit. I mean, unless it's an about? HBO Max thing. I, I really, I don't have a huge affinity for the Matrix series, uh, except for that Animatrix movie. That was pretty good. But uh, mm -hmm. moving on, Olivia Coleman, who's an actress I think we've come to appreciate on this show. I uh, mean, yeah, literally, we've seen two movies out of the, whatever, only 33 that we've watched. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, apparently she is one to play the antagonist for the new Wonka Origins movie. That one with uh, Timothy Chalamet playing Wonka. Can be the dentist. I don't know. Because the antagonist <laughs> in a Wonka story, you know, in the upbringing, his mom. I I I don't know the exact synopsis or who exactly. Yeah, I I don't know what an antagonist to Wonka would be like, other than. I guess a dentist. I thought it, I thought most of Wonka's problems were intrinsic, right? Like it was familial at the worst, it seemed, or like obviously he had a fear of dentists and cavities because he ate a bunch of candy. Was what the old movies basically said. The Johnny Depp one, I think, hinted at it the best because they like did some backstory a little bit. But I'm like, I thought he was just a piece of shit because he basically had like no guidance and was a kid who became super rich, like. Well, maybe this could maybe... just be a Justin Bieber documentary. <laughs> like... Oh wow! <laughs> I don't know if they'll go that way with it, but uh, maybe she'll be, you know, uh, an authoritarian figure that's just by the books, whereas Wonka's, you know, trying to branch out, be the weirdo. Mm, oh, like yeah, like they early corporate Wonka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> she's the she's like the whatever financial VP or some shit. Exactly. He gets financed to make a trip to uh, whatever country he goes to in the movie Oompa Loompa land yeah yeah wherever that is uh he gets money for that and she has to tag along make sure he doesn't fuck it up you know I think, I, I, there's something there uh it, it is called Loompa land upon a uh, google search oh well uh glad you got that terminology correct moving on to some more casting news tilda swim has been cast in an unknown role for wes anderson's next movie uh despite... not the yes not the this might sound familiar because she is in literally his next movie that is coming out in a few months. Uh, the French okay, because I was like, Connection? is that news? Yeah, yeah. Or, the uh, Kansas something. French Connection? Like, that, that's another movie, right? It's, no, no, it's French something, though, because it's like it's a like Kansas newspaper that does French correspondence. Maybe it's like the French correspondent, but it's yeah, like definitely. about a newspaper that talks about french news yeah uh, that, that that trailer dropped 
last week or this week. I, I didn't really watch it. It's going to be black and white with Anderson. That's all I need to know. Yada, yada. Moving on to some new TV and movie announcements. Okay, we're getting a new French Dispatch. French Dispatch. French Connection's like an old 60 movies or 60s movie, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm not 100%. I see that it's a women's clothing line. But it is a 70s movie okay. as well. I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, we can talk about this new international spy series we're going to get by way of Matthew Vaughn, who is um, the producer it's of... It's Vaughn's brother, obviously. Yeah, it's Vince Vaughn's... No, he's the producer of... What is it? The... What's that movie? The... the, the... Kingsman's? Kingsman, that's it. I was like, yeah. Middleman? No, Kingsman. Uh, yeah, he's producing a new spy series called Argyle, which is based on a somewhat recent book series. It's about a spy, you know, but the cast is apparently going to include Bryce Dallas Howard, Brian Cranston, Henry Cavill, Sam Rockwell, Samuel Jackson, John Cena, Catherine O'Hara, and Dua Lipa, who will be making her acting debut. That's just a lot of... Another Henry Cavill piece of news, but the one that... Grab me the most is John Cena, because are we going to get some Taiwan apologies for this, you think? Or... <laughs> if he mis- misspeaks again, yes. Yeah. He, he is very sorry, okay? He's very sorry. He loves he loves the... Uh, All Chinese people. Yeah, he, he, he loves them. He didn't mean any offense by what he said during that Fast and Furious interview, okay? He just... It was a slip of the tongue, that's all. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I guess uh, Henry Cavill is going to be in another action series. So, that's less surprising than that first Henry Cavill news. This one, this piece of news wasn't news, but I just happened upon it on a movie news site. Uh, Jamie Foxx is to star in a vampire Netflix, sorry, a Netflix vampire hunter comedy and it's about him pretending to be a pool cleaner, but he hunts vampires. And Snoop Dogg's going to be in it. I'm in. Did I mention I'm this in. is like a comedy? I, I, yeah. I can't. <laughs> Jamie Foxx has done no wrong in the comedy world on Netflix <laughs> ever. I was, I, right? Didn't we just talk about <laughs> this man on Netflix? This show got fucking canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His contract's working out so well. They canceled a show after one season. Uh, hopefully this movie goes well because I I don't know. I mean, literally like, can you name in the last five years, a non Jordan Peele or Michael key comedy that starred a predominantly black cast that was successful? Uh, I put you on the spot. Successful, you know? Just just appreciated by literally a group of people that's not just, like, fans of whatever that person is. To be fair, there's not a lot of comedies that I think people appreciate, yeah. so <laughs> I think it's a weighted question. Uh, I You know, I'm not sure. Uh, it does seem like those two are definitely... No, they're at the, the peak, and, 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 and again, maybe it's just because now, you know... They had Comedy Central shows that were obviously really successful, like Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle's kind of in that white zeitgeist as well of, like, you know, as long as he's woke enough, like, white people will accept him, and, you know, it's the whole thing. But, yeah, I just feel like Jamie Foxx never hit that level of reaching out to a broader audience, and I don't think a bunch of 
you know, even like most black people I know don't really care for any of his little stupid fucking TV shows. He's like making like weird, like it's not even funny really. It's just like some weird, like that's the core problem with the show. It's not that it's about black people. The problem is it's not fucking funny. My question is, when does Netflix get to cut off contracts, you know? I, I presume I assume it's, any time. Yeah, I presume it's, you know, X amount of years, but if they are just canceling your stuff and let's let's say this movie flops numbers wise, uh, you know, is I wonder if that Netflix would have to buy them out or something, but uh I wonder if Netflix has ever had to do that honestly. Just ah, it didn't work out for us, you know. I mean, they've been signing what Spielberg a couple weeks ago, J Lo that same week, the Obamas, you know, Netflix employees. <laughs> Uh, everybody works for Netflix now, okay? And moving on to a new Disney movie announcement. Disney Animation has announced their next project to be Encanto, or Encanto. It's about a magical house in Colombia with songs written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's directed by people who worked on previous Disney movies, I think. I don't think they were actually directors. Yeah, they were animation directors, yada, yada, turned into directors. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, huh? Yeah. My my thing with this is I think we even talked about it because we're talking about Pixar and Disney's streak of movies. Like, what was the last several movies that we had seen and we were going on, like, Onward, blah, 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 what was before Onward. And I had looked at the list. I had mentioned that Encanto was coming out. But they hadn't done the official announcement. They just like said what the name was. Okay, well, this and so now is this it. was like the official drop of the trailer and everything. And I'll be honest, this one's going to be the flop of this year. Yeah, like, the the snippets I saw it was a uh, uh, there's a woman and her house spit out magical things and she awkwardly tried to hide it. And so, like, I, I guess is, is it going to be successful? Yes. Is it going to reach any kind of Disney height? No. You know, like it, it won't be Moana, you know, like it's just not yeah, going to be. It's kind of weird. I, I think post Frozen and post, well, even post Frozen, I'd say that was the big uh, 3D yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. animation I mean, catalyst. Uh, Moana, I think, did somewhat hit that note of, you know, Frozen. Maybe not, obviously not Frozen money, but kind of scratched the surface of trying to be Frozen. Whereas I think. Oh, because. Frozen, I mean, and we can we don't have to talk about race every piece of news, but Frozen is a white Disney princess, right? Moana, you don't go, oh, that's a Disney princess. You go, well, what I'm saying that's is, Lady Moana was, well, what I was gonna say is, Moana was actually really successful with it, I think. Whereas uh, Raya, the Last Dragon, I'm not sure if that's due to COVID. I don't know if anyone saw that movie. I, I don't, I, I don't hear people talk about it. I don't see any rumblings on the internet. Like, oh, this is so underrated. People should have went to see. I, I nothing. actually know that my family really liked it, but I never watched it. So, I yeah, no I, I mean, opinion. I'm sure it's okay. It's Disney animation, yada yada. But uh... right, and that's how I think this movie's gonna be. Like, it'll be fine. And obviously, well, Miranda can do musicals. Like, he knows how to write he does. a good yeah. uh, tune. You know. Now, does it captivate me? Does it really make me feel anything? That's a different matter entirely. It depends on the song. Well, he didn't write the plot of this one. So I, I think we're <laughs> right. a little, there's a little. Uh, he's got to do the music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on to some reboots and sequel news. Uh, that Tomorrow War movie that Amazon put out, what, a month ago, maybe, if that? Oh, my God. Yeah, they are teaming with Chris Pratt again to do. No, wait. No, it came out July 4th. Oh, wow. Wow, okay, wow, a week and a half ago, whatever. Uh, yeah, they're teaming with Chris Pratt, or re-teaming with Chris Pratt to make a Tomorrow War 2. 
There's nothing official or set in stone, but negotiations are underway. So I guess tomorrow war worked out for them. Hmm. That's interesting. I, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know what it's going to be. John. Everything needs I a just, sequel. It was, it did what it needed to do, I feel like. And now that they're going to do a sequel, the sequel is going to be bad. I'm making that call now. You heard it here first. I mean, the sequel's going to be trash. Since the first one wasn't, you know, hailed as amazing or anything. Never mind. This is, I, I was going to say it gives the gives room for the second one to maybe even be better, but then at the same time, it's, <laughs> that doesn't always yeah. work out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it could be a Terminator situation where people didn't really love the first one until, you know, the second one came out, and then people started, you know, yada yada. Uh, sequels can be better sometimes. It sometimes. randomly occurs. Yeah. Sometimes. All right, uh, WandaVision director Matt Shackman has been tapped to direct the next Star Trek movie for Bad Robot, which is J.J. Uh, Abrams' production company. Whether this is Star Trek Four, quote-unquote, we're not really sure, but the other kind of update to this big piece of news is that no one's contract has been signed. So while they do have a director, and this might be Star Trek Four, they have not, you know, talked to Chris Pine or... Zoe Saldana, who's probably a little harder to get now. Uh, I don't know. Or um, who else? Simon Pegg. And, uh, oh, yeah. 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 I, I mean, forgot he's yeah. in it, yeah. They, they don't have any contracts with these people yet, so it's kind of preemptive. I'm curious to see what they'll do with it because that series is not my favorite. I, I really enjoyed that first one, and then... Second one was pretty meh, pretty mediocre, and that third one wasn't great either. Um, I only remember the first one. Okay, I've well, seen them all, for all, sure. That's all you I only need. remember the first one. The third one was weird to me. I, I remember people liking it, but when I watched it, it, just it didn't feel like it did anything, you know, anything I cared for. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just weird to me that they wouldn't negotiate these things beforehand. Whatever. 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 Or actually, you know what? Keith Urban, or not Keith Urban, uh, Carl Urban, Carl Urban, not Keith Urban. Yeah, I was like, Carl Keith Urban. Uh, Carl Urban, he's Country probably going to be star. a lot more expensive now with the boys. Oh, yeah. I yeah. didn't think about that. Oh, I want to talk about this. Uh, so perfect. Thank you for bringing it up because mm. I really could not remember how I was going to bring it up. Um, oh, I, I guess we can talk about it a little bit later. Right but, now. Um, Seth Rogen produces the boys. I mean, is one of the producers. Did you know that? I, I didn't, but that's not really surprising. He's been producing a, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, he's been a pretty... Well, I, I found out about it from this podcast. So I'll go into it later when I talk about what I did this week. But I, like, I heard that, and I was like, that makes so much sense. Because I'm just like... I was curious like how they, you know, not directed the comedy or anything. And it's my understanding that, the obviously, the source comic is pretty funny as well. But, you know... To, to keep the, I guess, the themes and tropes alive and things. It, it was really interesting to find that out. Well, uh, he also produced the, the Preacher show for AMC. Did he? Yeah, the, the comic book show. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's where I think the, the role of producer is a little, I don't know, ambiguous in a way. Because that show wasn't really Super funny. Super ambiguous. It wasn't really funny even when it was trying to do jokes. Uh, I, I like that Producer, show enough, but... 
the minimum definition of producer is you've given money. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then because you've given money, there is a slight wiggle room of you get a small say as to things that happen or, you know, you can now have some input. What the input is taken with anything other than like, a, hey, can you shut the fuck up and get out of here? Thanks for the money. Uh, you know, it's up to the people that work on the project. But like, again, a name like Seth Rogen, I don't think anyone goes, fuck that guy. <laughs> you know, like... Like, even if it's just a trivial comment. Right, yeah, even if it's trivial. Like, the dude's been in, I don't know, Hollywood since, what, he was 17, 18? Yeah, a while since Freaks and Geeks, I'd say. Well, it probably took him a couple years to really get in there, but yeah, since Freaks and Geeks. Right, yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, there's not a shot that he hasn't learned a thing or two to be helpful. Uh, Um, Anyway. Yeah, okay, moving on to this piece. I'm just going to burn through this piece of news. Charlize Theron's Fast and Furious character Cypher is to get her own spinoff. Vin Diesel says they're working on the script now. Her character's a villain, so she probably turns to a good guy in this latest movie or the latest two movies. Yada yada, I'm going to do the next one, exactly. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw, you know? Okay, moving on to renewals and and cancellations. Netflix has canceled their, not newest, but pretty new TV show, Cursed. It was an Arthurian legend show based on the Lady Lady in the Lake, Lady of the Lake, uh, whatever that title is. I just love reporting on Netflix canceling their originals, you know, less than a month or two after they all come out. It's, It's really... I don't know. <laughs> There's something weird about it just because they ax things so quickly compared to the other TV shows that get canceled. You know, like HBO Max taking months to cancel Lovecraft Country, yada yada. But uh, yeah, I don't watch the show. I don't really care. Cursed fans, this is your fault. I'll repeat that again. You didn't watch it enough. Your fault. You didn't. You Gotta didn't share it enough. Rookie numbers, dude. Okay, uh, moving on to a cancellation. Amazon has reportedly canceled their Tiger King series that was going to feature Nick Cage as Tiger King. Thank Uh, God. Yeah, Nick Cage was talking in an interview and said it's probably not going to happen, and he cited the timing. Pretty much that the hype died. He's not wrong. I I don't think he's wrong at all. Uh, I don't think Amazon is wrong for shelving this. I'll say something controversial. I really don't know anything about the Tiger King. I just know that it was people doing the classic people thing of somehow really enjoying someone and also really making fun of them constantly, making them the butt of a joke, and also talking about, you know, people that are pieces of shit and stuff. And, like, th- those are the gists that I got. And I was like, I uh, like, why does anyone care about, like, why is this... How are people literally dying of starvation? There's like a fucking pandemic, and we're like Tiger King, bro. Because <laughs> like, he's funny. Nah, it he's... just it just feels tasteless. Yeah, well, uh, you don't have to worry about one of the projects. I think we're still getting those other two Tiger King projects, but uh, one of, one of them's down for the count. And moving on to a little bit of spoilers, even though I'm sure the internet has spoiled this for anyone listening, uh, Loki has been renewed for season two. This <gasps> spoilers. Yeah, he's spoilers. not dead. Uh, it actually, yeah, it tells you at the end of the episode, um, so it's not really news, or, you know, it's not our typical news, or way of news, so, yeah, we're getting a season two, that'll be the first, that'll be the first, second season of a Disney Plus Marvel show, uh, you know, that's, 
I enjoyed the Loki or Loki. I'll talk about the finale, yada yada, season two. And moving on to some more Marvel news. Black Widow has apparently made $60 million on Disney Plus Premiere Access alone. Uh, I and yeah. Fuck you for buying it, whoever is out there that bought it. Fuck yeah, you. I, I wouldn't really talk about box office numbers or, you know, just the general understanding of box office numbers. But this is very interesting to me because $60 million on just the Premiere Access is mind-blowing. I mean, that's 20, that's 20 million people buying it, right? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 20 million households, yeah? Like, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> yup. Um, 20 million people with 30 bucks to piss away. Uh, so, I'm assuming Disney's pretty happy with this whole Disney Plus streaming thing, you know, that they luckily fell into. Uh, it seems to be working out for them. Uh, Black Widow made money at the box office, too. So, it's not like it really took away from anything. They're still... They're probably making even more money now just because they're obviously directly getting the $60 million rather than... Right. Splitting it with theaters, etc. Yeah, splitting it with everybody who's in charge of distributing it, yada yada. Uh, yeah, $60 million. Just, just saw, I, I bet you Raya didn't make $60 million when it was on Premiere Access. That's for sure. And for sure not. So the Emmys were announced this week, and... Yada, 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 sum it up. Ted Lasso has been nominated for a ton of Emmys. But I think the real kind of funny story here is that Don Cheadle was nominated for Best Guest Role for his role in Captain Falcon, or or, sorry, Falcon Winter Soldier. And he was in the show for 94 seconds. He, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Cheadle then tweeted out, I don't really get it either, but on we go. So I think this is as much as we can talk about it, really. That's what. Which episode was he in the first or the last? I can't tell you. I don't remember. That show is uh, not my favorite. So well, no, I only watched the first episode. So I fell asleep, and I was like, I'm not going to watch any more of this. I don't fall asleep during watching things, and I was like, Nah, if this literally put me to sleep, I'm never going to watch it. Although it was literally just to announce like the new Captain America, right? Was like the whole point. That was, like, basically the premise of the show. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. That's why the show was made, was to make Falcon the new Captain America, for sure. I okay. keep wanting to say Captain Falcon, and like, it's, it's annoying. Because yeah. he's Captain America. <laughs> it's annoying, okay? But, uh... I mean, you said Tiger King, and you didn't even bring up the fucking... Whatever game we've been playing. Tekken. Well, that's, that's not... That's not it at all. Okay, he's a leopard moving on. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like... Totally wrong, John. You're just totally wrong there. But, uh, yeah, moving on to some news about A24. It was, uh, you know, a production house I think we we enjoy yeah. around these Yeah, the parts. best. It's definitely the best, like, it, previously indie, now super mainstream production company. Yeah, well, uh, it seems as though they've been flaunting the idea of selling off their assets for apparently two and a half to three billion dollars. Uh, there were multiple suitors, but Apple was apparently the front runner, and uh, th- it didn't turn out. It's just interesting that these people are—they're ready to cash out. You know, they did the work, they found the awesome indie movies, they put the money behind it, and they—they want their three billion. Okay, they, yeah. they want out. <laughs> They deserve it, dude. I think three billion small. They, I, they, I feel they like... really do. I, I, I yeah, I, I truly. Hey, bro, you haven't even seen Lady Bird. You, you don't even get a statement, all right? You haven't even seen a ghost story, so blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, yeah, eat it. 
Uh, yeah, uh, A24, $3 billion. I think if Apple would have bought that, I think that would have been a huge win. But, uh, you know, I guess not. I think it would have bolstered their their Apple TV Plus library because that is an awful app with an awful library and an awful UI, okay? Not an awful library, just not a great one, for sure. A bad one, not a good one. And yeah. moving just awful on. was an overstatement. Awful was an overstatement. Moving on to news about the new Jackass movie. Uh, the official title is Jackass Forever. They put out some set photos, and a trailer's coming out next week. You, you know, is this the one we're boycotting because Bam? Oh, are we boycotting that? I didn't realize that's what we were doing. <laughs> are we? Yeah, you got to stand in solidarity in of our icon, dude. Listen, Bam had his time and place, and that was before the wedding show, okay? That was before yeah. the wedding show. True, it was, true. It was during Viva La Bam, and that was it. All right, that, that, that was his time and place. But yeah, so I was reading up on this uh, Jackass for Everything, and, you know, I, I we upload this episode in the morning, so I don't want to get too into it in case you know you're listening to us in the morning before breakfast. But there was a stunt, let's say, yeah, let's call it a stunt. Steve-O had an idea to get a t-shirt cannon and fill it with uh, number two and just shoot himself in the face with it. And Jeff Tremaine, the producer, longtime producer of Jackass, director, yada, yada, he said no. Which, you know, okay, it makes sense. Everybody go home, chalk it up to a loss. Don't worry about it. Yeah, well, it's just an idea that we pitched and we didn't like it. Well, Move on. Steve-O... <laughs> took that as an approval of doing it on his own YouTube channel. And he does that on his YouTube channel, ended up in the hospital. It's uh yeah, it's, it's pretty great. It's a uh, good PR, you know, I'm, I'm interested in the new movie, I guess, just because Steve is still an idiot. He's sober, but he's still an idiot. <laughs> like, well, it turns, it turns out being sober or not doesn't change your intelligence. It just changes, you know, your working faculties. So somehow he's smarter than he's ever been and still stupid. <laughs> yeah, st- still doing things like that. And, uh, you know, that was actually our last piece of news, really. Uh, if you want to move on to uh, the, the, the shit filled t shirt cannon, is a great way to <laughs> yeah. transition into what I did this <laughs> week. <laughs> whoa, 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 album releases, dude. Oh, I guess albums, whoa. yes. Sorry, there are a lot Sorry. of albums. I know, I know. Um, You're fired. So Sorry. We'll, we'll do. <laughs> Fuck. All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. I'll talk to myself. Um, so, yeah, well, there's a lot of albums. So, we're just going to do them alphabetically. Um, do it. And. We'll give ones that deserve time, the time they need. Uh, so, Bare Naked Ladies, uh, we all just oh, love that fucking 90s classic group. Uh, Everybody loves B&L. They, they got a new album called Tour de France. No, Tour de Force, sorry. Oh. Um, coming out. Uh, Blondie. Tour de France was way better than Tour yeah, de Force. Yeah. Uh, Blondie's got a new album called Blondie. Uh and some Spanish words that I'm not gonna bother butchering. Butchering. Uh, again, like I, people just gotta fucking stop. I'll say it every time that we talk about old bands releasing music to an audience that is as old as them. It's not for you anymore, bro. Hang it up. Try solo work. Join a different group. Change up your sound. But they can make have... money off name recognition and nothing else. 
Yes, yeah. but is that what we want? No, really, no. That's like, like literally, no artist ever starts off with that in mind. You know what I mean? No good artist, anyway, for the most self, part. Yeah. Like, anyway, um, Claro. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Claro. Um, she's a singer songwriter. Familiar. She, I think she's also in that kind of like Justin Bieber. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Olivia Rodrigo, kind of like youtube to music fan fame uh pipeline but um yeah she's pretty popular again i think just kind of pop music singer um she got a new album called sling coming out um i think it's her second album uh alinium aka nicholas miller that dj producer dude he's done a lot of stuff with john bellion i think there's a super popular song with those two um he's got a new album coming out called fallen embers uh john mayer's stupid piece of shit thing that he's doing remixes and whatever the fuck else. He's doing another one? Uh, called Sob Rock. It's a full album of it. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Can't wait yeah. for that 80s sound. No, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll switch it up. But the, those singles that we heard, The Last Train Home, The um, Carry Me Away, those are on it. So it probably is not going to be that great, unfortunately. Uh, we got KSI, who I, this is the one I wanted to spend a lot of time talking about. You know KSI? I mean, I, yeah. yeah. The YouTuber? Yeah. 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 He's got his, uh, he's got his album coming out. Second studio album uh, all over the place. Um, and it's funny how all of the sudden seriously he became like, it literally, like, I remember I used to watch his FIFA videos all the time. And him and his stupid brother would do like random pranks on their family. Like, and now this dude is taken seriously for his second rap album. Yeah. And he's like friends with Logan Paul and he's like doing all those stupid, like, you know, YouTuber fights things. Yeah, and didn't he do the boxing movie yeah, exhibition? Yeah. And I'm just like, what is our world? What are we doing to these Whatever normal you can people? Make it, okay. Like, money just ruins everything. And I'll stand by that statement. Um, but yeah, fucking KSI, man, all over the place. Probably got a million features. Actually, let's let's let's, let's take a look at some of the features. He's John, got if future. Jo- if Joji can do it. Anybody? He's got he's got future. Money. He's got twenty one savage. Money. He's that got Polo G. Are they on the same label? Maybe I don't know. Um, those are all his big ones. Oh, Lil Durk, I guess, but Lil Durk, I mean, come on, we've been over this. Lil Durk is, yeah. Up and down. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then we got Pop Smoke's new album, Faith, coming out. Um, Great. Can't wait for that. Is that, wait, didn't he already have a posthumous album? Didn't we already Probably. get, are we getting a second posthumous release? <laughs> like, yeah, I think so, actually, cool, yeah. Cool, this Yeah, because is... the first one, the first one was uh, Shoot for the Stars, and for the Moon, this one's Faith, all caps. All right, I I just wanted to be put on record. If I die, I just want one album after I die. Okay, not two. <laughs> One's enough. Yeah, yeah. Because what is um, this? Just gonna be B tracks from the first one? Who fucking knows, bro? Who fucking knows? I hope it's all like iPhone recording style of uh, what's his name from last week? Yeah, I, I forgot. Gold the, the gold link filter. <laughs> yeah, the gold link filter. You put a little bit of gold link filter on this for me, bud. Um. So yeah, then we got uh, Waves, the American rock group. Um, they got a new album called Hideaway. And finally, another big artist. Uh, you might know her as the daughter of Will Smith. Um, 
Willow is got a new album called Lately I Feel Everything. Um, yeah, and it's her fourth album, which is kind of crazy. Um, if that's like her, I... Uh, I don't know which one it was. One of her albums had blue people on it in reference to Avatar. Whatever. Uh, that album was good. So, you know, I'll, I'll probably give it a listen. Well, well no, I can already tell you because I want to talk about this one a little bit. Oh, um, oh, no. I haven't listened to any of the singles, but she's kind of that like alt R&B sound. Yeah. Uh, she's definitively decided this is a pop punk indie rock debut oh, oh never mind <laughs> never mind <laughs> Crap. uh there are there are one two three travis barker features on this uh the sign of any good collaboration pop punk album <laughs> and uh there's also an avril lavigne feature um and then for good measure because she still is after all a uh you know young r&b artist uh tiara whack is on the album because you know once you have Travis Barker on an album, it's I three I, songs I of your eleven. I don't know if I've ever enjoyed an album with Travis Barker on it. Okay, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. You know what? Blink One Eighty Two has some I was good music. Say, I'll, I'll, I'll like draw a circle around Blink One Eighty Two. So everything not Blink he's like a guest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything outside his main featuring Travis Barker. Yeah, um, and. and you know, in, in light news, that is a that is a very light week. I guess that so, we've got sure. ahead of us. <laughs> at least it's more relevant. Yeah, no, and it's it, at the very least we'll we'll have a lot to talk about, whether it's good or not. You know, like the John Mayer thing, this Willow project, KSI. Like, there's a lot that we could talk about. Um, but I but I am excited for the um, what you call it, the Claro album. I think of all of them. All right. Anyway, uh, want to move on. Yep, things I did this week. Uh, I'm going to start with things I watched uh, slash consumed that aren't music. Uh, yeah. So I watched a bunch... Or I was looking for some good stand-up slash comedy things. Um, so I was perusing Comedy Central's selection on Paramount um, and landed on the... I didn't realize this ever happened. So I might, might be stuck in like the Stone Age. Do you know Comedy Central had a roast of Rob Lowe? Yeah, you like forever ago. Yeah, yeah, a while ago. Oh, yeah, 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 like yeah, 2015 yeah. or 2016, something like that. I thought it was before. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually did. Yeah, I, I literally never knew that that happened. So I watched that. Um, surprisingly funny. Yeah, he's um, had but a that weird was, life. He's had a yeah, weird well, life. Yeah, but that was the early days of like. They were. I mean, not that Comedy Central has ever not sold out, but they had that weird Trump lady. You know what I'm talking about? I no. forget her name. She's like a conservative pundit, basically, like a writer for a bunch of conservative bullshit. And she was up on stage with, like, all the other normal-ass kind of guests. And literally just sat there and, like, promoted her book and made, like, Trump jokes. Like, pro-Trump jokes. For her whole time. Right. And we all was just like, why why is this happening? Uh, And obviously there was a lot of reasons, but I was just like... I don't know. Have you seen the roast of Chevy Chase? It's pretty painful to watch. I actually don't know that I watched a Chevy Chase oh, one. Oh, you need to. It's pretty good uh, because... Well, I don't think uh, Paramount had that one, or I probably would have chosen that one over Rob Lowe. Oh, well, uh, yeah. All the friends, quote-unquote friends and comedians that they invited to roast Chevy Chase didn't show up. So they just have the ro- like the normal roast comedians. Mm. And, and mm. so they just get to make fun of Chevy Chase, and Chevy Chase is not enjoying it ever. <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> like no one told him what a roast was going to be, <laughs> so he's just sitting there. 
Yes, a hundred percent. That's what it comes off as. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Even the end, he even like he he, it legitimately doesn't sound like he's joking when he's you know trashing their comedy. So yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Wonderful. Yep. Um, and so yeah, so then I watched that and I was like, all right, I need to watch like real comedy because uh, that was actually it was a good roast. Like it was funny. Um, I really do like Nikki Glaser. Um. They had that British guy I like. He's got the weird fucking like donkey laugh. You know what I'm talking about? Um, he looks like <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I, uh, he literally laughs like a fucking like donkey. Like it's like a ridiculous. It sounds so exaggerated and fake, but it's obviously his real laugh. Um, oh, a car. Uh, Jimmy Carr is his name. He's really funny. Totally. That sounds um, familiar. And yeah, they got you know the standards. Jeffrey Ross and I think David Spade's there. There's a bunch of people, but um. So I was like, all right, let me find a real stand-up special, and I'll watch that. Um, and I found this one that's produced by Bill Burnham, uh, and it's a guy named Whitmer Thomas. Um, and it's, like, subtitled The Golden One, um, and it's on HBO. Uh, it is worth the watch, but not if you want to watch a comedy special, which fucked wow. me up. Like, 20 minutes into it, I was like, this is, like, a mini-documentary about this guy's life, and it's... In very much a Bo Burnham way, like it's funny, but it's very real. It is very much like talking about things that are very, you know. Sometimes Bo's meta, and he talks about you know global things, but this is like this dude's first special, so it's very much an intimate thing. Uh, and he's like talking about like the tragedies of his life, but it's also not just him on the stage talking about them. It's like a real documentary of like. He's at his mom's house, and his mom is dead, and you find out how. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. It's like him reconnecting with his family, and he's, like, interviewing his brother. I'm like, what's going on? I, I signed up for a stand-up special. So I, I would recommend watching it. It's pretty good, but don't think it's a stand-up special. Okay. So if you go into it knowing that it's not a stand-up special, you may enjoy it. Since I had never uh, heard of it till right this second, okay. I'll keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah. Um, and then I watched a documentary called Crime of the Century. It's like a two-part special i guess like two and a half hours each episode so it was long as fuck um 30 for it's about the opioid the opioid crisis um really really interesting um and really well done um and they have like a lot of the big players of like purdue pharma and all these pharmaceutical companies interviewed and like intermixed and then like a bunch of like corrupt doctors that got you know found out by different DEA agents and stuff, and they had a bunch of DEA and Department of Justice people interviewed, and it was like, obviously you're never pro-cop. I mean, that's not a position a real person takes, but it was really, really interesting, and you can't help but think, like, oh, man, these people are fucking scum of the earth. Like, yuck. Um, but that's really, like, I would say it's probably top five documentaries I've ever watched. What was that on? It's HBO as well. Gotcha. Um, HBO as well. Um and then um, I kind of went down a rabbit hole of podcasts because uh, I've just been like walking a lot and to get to and from studying and to and from various events and things. And I've not really been wanting to listen to a bunch of music, really, for whatever reason. I've like wanting to kind of keep myself engaged a little bit more than that. So I was listening to podcasts. And so um, there's Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. Um, highly recommend it's actually really super interesting and funny he's just a super interesting and fun guy go figure he doesn't seem the type ha 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 yeah totally yeah. doesn't seem the type at <laughs> right. all yeah. yeah uh and then uh I've, I've i've been a fan of russell brand's podcast for a while um but i never got 
or of his YouTube channel, I should say. Uh, but I never got Luminary, which is where his podcast is on. But I told you I ended up getting Luminary for Dave Chappelle's podcast. And as a result, I've been listening to uh, both Dave Chappelle and Russell Brands that's on there. Um, and it's really good, too. He interviews a lot of cool people, and he's just so articulate and interesting. Is Luminary the one with the Obama-Bruce Springsteen one? Which one's... No, that, uh, that's on um, Spotify. Oh, that's a Spotify original? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the yeah, Armchair Expert is now a Spotify exclusive. It was not a Spotify original, but Spotify bought them out. Classic. Um, yeah, classic. Uh, and then for the final podcast that I have also now started so i'll just be listening to podcasts all day long now um justin long has a podcast and that is a name i literally haven't heard in eons and you go justin long is he really even that interesting doesn't he just kind of play dweeby losers like isn't that kind of a shtick yes and is he a dweeby loser not particularly i was surprised like he's a little bit more he's like if Dak shepherd and russell brand had a baby like if you're not particularly interested in either side of those spectrums poof you put it right together and it's a very it's a thoughtful but more mellow person who can be a little bit hyper at times, but he's mostly just like fangirling about whatever celebrities interviewing. I watched the or listened to the Jane Goodall episode. He interviewed fucking Jane Goodall, Sweet. Justin yeah. Long cool. interviewing Jane Goodall. Why not? Um, and yeah, it's a podcast he does with his brother. It's actually super interesting. But um, yeah, then as far as music, uh, let's get to that. Um, so obviously. Uh, that's on the playlist. Maybe it's not obvious yet because we haven't released the playlist, but uh, there's two songs from Young Culture, um, a band of which we have a friend in. Um, so I'll try to be as unbiased as possible and say, if you like pop punk, uh, you will probably like this, especially modern pop punk. You'll really like this. If not, probably just skip on past it, unfortunately. If, if but... not, you're me. <laughs> yeah. um, but honestly, I of most of their work, like I feel like they're getting better at least they're like really choosing what kind of pop punk because obviously pop punk's like a fucking genre you know it's not just a one note thing but they are leaning into one side of that genre particularly um well and i think they're just improving on that so again you have to like that sound to enjoy it but they are i guess figuring out their sound a little bit better um and so yeah they have a new album coming uh soon tm i would imagine uh then I listened to um, Billie Eilish's latest single that's on, going to be on a new album. Yeah, I listened to that one. What, what were your thoughts? Uh, I really like that first part, that beginning. Yeah, like, yeah. That very classic sound of hers. Uh, and then she just goes off the rails and it becomes a pop song. I'm like, oh, wait, never mind. I don't like this song yep. at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I really yep. love that. It's kind of sounds like strings in a weird way but it's a keyboard i don't know it's it's a really nice tune it sounds like plucking of strings uh and then it just then it just becomes a pop song also uh i'm I'm like looking at our spotify going through seeing which ones i added to make sure i talk about them and so i added that with more thomas hurts to be a live song yeah i added another one <laughs> yeah i was gonna say why the fuck did you add because i listened to the album <laughs> i well i skimmed through that album to see because that first song was pretty funny so Oh, I, you know, I, I thought, you know, this uh, person might be funnier in another song, and he is, because that one's hilarious. The, yeah, the uh, and again, one. he's got, yeah, he's got a lot of good, and uh, again, it's a good stand-up special musically, when he's doing the stand-up. Musically, not my favorite. It, oh, it's no. not uh, a sound I love. It's that 
is that just a new trend to get the 80s sound is the 80s sound really coming back like that because well his songs are no very... if you if you watch the documentary you understand his mom and aunt were in a band oh. uh so he grew up with music and rock especially 80s 90s rock um and so it's a whole thing so and he was like in a pop punk band for or not pop punk uh like emo band for a bit and so yeah like he's like I shouldn't say a real musician. I mean, Bo Burnham is a real musician, but right. Bo Burnham can do whatever the fuck he wants because his genre is comedy, not, you know, any particular subtype. But yeah, he, he particularly, I think, was largely influenced by 80s and 90s music. So go figure. Yeah, uh, Golden One, hilarious song, really funny. Yeah, yeah, Whitmer Thomas. Very, uh, again, you should watch this special. It's actually really good. You just have to prepare yourself for the fact that it's a documentary that features a comedy special and not a comedy special. Um and yeah, and then I added a couple songs at the end, just random ones that I found. Um, I forget. Oh, TikTok, I think, actually. Um, and you know what? I'm proud to say I'm happy to find music from TikTok. As long as it's good, I don't give a fuck. I don't think anyone was going to question that way of finding music, you know? I, I just, I feel like it's so different to say you found music from TikTok than it is, like, back in the day when you found music on YouTube randomly, you know? Like, right. you do suggestions now, shit. <laughs> oh, I mean, they try at least, you know. But well, I know, but it never tries to get you anything new. That's what I mean. It just it plays you the same. Like it'll play you a new song from Billie Eilish if you listen to Billie Eilish. Right. You know, yeah. it's not showing me who the fuck Xavier Goodman is, a person I've never heard of in my goddamn life. Um, and so yeah, uh, these two songs at the end, I'm I, I'm loving your vibe by Xavier Goodman and um, Lie Awake with Chandler Leighton Leighton. Um, both very good. That uh, that, that one that. I don't know which one it was, but that one, the first one, sounds very mm-hmm. Tyler-ish. Especially coming fresh off the Tyler album last week. I, it was kind of weird. I was like, oh wait, do we have a Tyler song on this playlist? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> new single for his no, new album this is coming some out. guy I've never heard of. Uh, yeah, it, pretty good, pretty good. Not, not yeah, like, like the, backing, the backing female vocals, yep. the kind of like lighter, uh, almost like go-go-y, like disco we you know talking kind about like classy classic kind yeah of, yeah yeah really like oldies. old school 808s yeah. yeah 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 um yeah i think it's dope so i'm, I'm excited to see that guy kind of pop off hopefully he's got an album coming that's pretty good oh i actually wait i guess he does have an album i thought oh. that was just a single but here we are um yeah maybe i'll listen to that next week um but yeah that's all i did okay uh I'll, I'll start with music i'm just gonna burn through a lot of this uh i'll start off with absol dropped a single called call the police and it was there for all of maybe two minutes because i saw it it spotify notified me i was like oh sweet you know i've been waiting for an absol song for a while now you know the last one he released was last december maybe uh so yeah i go to click it and it says just can't play file and then it's grayed out and so I guess he accidentally dropped a single. I didn't get to listen to Absol this week is what's important. Moving on to what I actually listened to. I went to Goldlink's album, Harem or Haram, that we listened to and reviewed last week. And went to the features to see, you know, because I said the features were the only things that made the album since Mr. Filterman uh, decided to do what he did. And there's a singer, Pink Panthers. She is uh, the feature on the Evion song, and 
She's got a very particular sound, but she's got a great song called Break It Off. It's very upbeat, very almost dance housey, but not in a way. She has other songs that are very dance housey in comparison. But uh, yeah, then there is a single by Tommy Newport, who I've talked about on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Called, yeah, I've listened to some of them. Song called Vanilla and Light. Sounds like Tommy Newport. If you like that sound, that psychedelic singer songwriter pop indie genre that we have now i would really love if someone could come up with a term for this genre that we have now like like what genre is still woozy you know just just give me whatever genre that is and then i can start actually categorizing some of these artists but uh yeah then uh that rapper toby that i have talked about he released a single called off the drugs and it's featuring soul Neo Soul, is that... I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Google said, so... Sounds like a very Go- futuristic Korea, but, uh... <laughs> yeah, Neo Soul. Because uh, it is in, like, every fucking movie. <laughs> but, yeah, Off the Drugs, Toby featuring Mick Jenkins. I, I think I... I think there's, like, Mick Jenkins on every other playlist of ours, I'm pretty sure. Uh, track. Mick Jenkins has been working his goddamn cock off in this quarantine. He, he does not turn down the features, okay? He, he's ready with it, you know? He's amazing man of the people, dude. Not afraid to just spit those bars. But then, um... There's a single called uh, Peloton by a rapper named IDK, who I mm-hmm. didn't really... haven't really listened to. Uh, I wasn't really? gonna listen to the album, but I decided not to. I just kept it to the single. Uh, the Is He Real album is really good by IDK. Okay, well, twenty four is a particularly good song. Keep that in mind. Uh, yeah, the song Peloton uh, starts off kind of okay, but then it turns into basically J Cole, just not J Cole. Obviously, it just sounds J Cole ish, like old Cole World kind of J Cole, uh, which I appreciate, and. Uh, Oh, I figured out where that B.B. Borelli singer, uh, off the Gold Link album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I figured out. She had that song called Ballin', and I'm sure if you listen to it, I'm sure if anybody Googled B.B. Borelli Ballin' right now, they'll know exactly the song that she sounded so familiar from, or, like, we knew the name for some reason. But, uh, yeah, she did that song. And moving on to what I watched, not a lot. Watch some Columbo, watch some Simpsons, you know, whatever. Not going to talk about that. Yeah, the stuff. usual, the usual stuff. Yeah. The usual uh, stuff. I finished Loki, and it stuck the landing. So, I I got to recommend it now. It, You're a Disney fan now. No, big but, Disney guy, uh, no, big, big Marvel uh, guy, big Marvel studio. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a Marvel fan. Gross. Uh, disgusting no the they they stuck the landing it's great season two is gonna be hype they had such a there's a monologue i don't want to spoil anything for anybody listening there's a like what do you mean the last episode came out this week you can give spoilers came out yesterday just say spoilers no uh i refuse (laughs) i'll spoil it whenever i feel like it but all right um, loki dies the last episode yeah season two (laughs) on the way (laughs) But no, there's a there's like a ten minute monologue in this episode. Wait, what do you mean, Black Widow? What are you talking about? What? You can still do a sequel if the person's the character's oh, dead. Well, Just go whatever. Back in time. Well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's a ten minute monologue in this episode, and it's awesome. Uh, it, it. I don't know. There's there's something about it. I mean, if ten you minute monologue. Episode, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so Just cool. The King's speech. I mean. 
no. Ugh. But no, just, y- you know, there's been years of build up. This this show really successfully captured what I think Marvel was in the 70s or the 80s, the just the fantasticalness, fantasticality, whatever word. Um, yeah, the fantasticality. <laughs> <laughs> I like that word. So the fantastic <laughs> I like too. I was a shit on you. It's just a good word. Yeah, I think it really accomplished that, and the ending did even better. Set up a lot of things. Set up the MCU future, really. But uh, yeah, and the last. Well, because is it? Yeah. Is that the first one in the new phase? The post Endgame phase is this the first thing? Well, I mean, WandaVision, but. But WandaVision's not post Endgame, right? It's like no, during. It's, it's post Endgame. Oh, cause yeah, they get re, like yeah, they yeah, come back from the stuff. Never mind. Stuff. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 never mind. No, all these are post end game. You're just getting Black Widow confused with everything. It's just, it's fuck you up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Probably. So now that Probably have, now that I have access to your Apple TV Plus, which again is awful. Okay. Um, I'll I'll talk about Apple TV Plus itself after I talk about the show. Uh, for all mankind. It is an alternate history show starring Joel Kinnaman, who you either like him or you really don't. Uh, he was in that uh, Altered Carbon show. He was in House of Cards for a season. Robocop reboot. You, you know, he's an actor. But it's just such a missed opportunity, it feels like. Uh, there, there's a lot going on, but it feels Disney-fied, if that makes sense. It's not afraid to curse, and it's not afraid to go a little out of bounds, but it just feels very almost family-appropriate in a weird way, even though it's Apple TV+, and and really not much happens in this show. I mean, I'm I'm really debating whether I can even finish the first season, and I, I try to finish seasons, at least. You know, I might not finish the whole show, but I'll finish the first season. Uh, right. It's tough. But that brings me to my last point, in that that show is so boring that I get confused on where I'm at, and then Apple TV Plus doesn't tell me where I'm at sometimes. Yeah, like it's, maybe no, it's, more it's than a half bad, the time. Yeah, it's so, a bad service. Yeah, so it's, today it's got good programming, but literally the UI, the name, the way that you access the website, everything about it, bad. Today, when I went to watch uh, For All Mankind, another episode, I skipped an episode on accident, and there was a time skip, and I was very confused for a hot minute <laughs> until, you know, I realized this was Apple TV Plus's fault. And every time I click on that webpage, I have to sign in again. It's the yep. worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. Uh, we can move on to the reviews. All right. Um, I think, I mean, it's always going to be my preference to do album first, I think. But we can switch it if you want. Nah, your let's your do call album first. Okay, okay. Um, so obviously we did her back in my mind, twenty twenty one project by you know her. singer songwriter lady of. Does this you stand know, for anything? R and B, R and B fan. Oh. Yeah, having everything revealed. Oh, okay, sure. Pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, hey, that, 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 that's H-E-R right there. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, now I gotta that. look it up. Now I gotta look it up. Yeah. Because I, I, I looked it up once, but I don't remember. This is hard R&B with light hip-hop. But this well, no, is, of course, this yeah. is an R&B song or R&B album. I'm just saying, you know, like that's also her claim to fame. But she's also, you know, she breaks it down a little bit. She yeah, does some, a little some, bit of rap in here and there. Yeah. She's got, 
Um, yeah, it is. It is definitely having everything revealed. Um, but yeah, uh, thoughts, starts, or any kind of talking um, point? Um, you know, I'll say the first listen wasn't my favorite. I, I try and give our albums uh, at least two listens. Um, I will say the first listen was very hard for me. It was it was long. There's just a lot going on. Yes, was, it is long. I don't know if I was in the in the too. mood for that for an hour and a half of that at the time. But subsequent listens, uh, yeah, listens, I actually really appreciate it a little more because the first time I listened to it, I thought it was hit or miss. I thought there's good song, bad song, good song, bad song, but. After the second time, and then I listened to it actually a couple, maybe three or four times. Uh, I, I really enjoyed what she's trying to do. She wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel by any means. Uh, she doesn't, she doesn't bring anything brand spanking new to the table, but she is honing in her R and B craft really well. I think. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can start off by uh, some songs that I liked. Hormone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually liked a lot of songs, so it's kind of a list. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a good amount of songs. Um, hmm. I had I the, the first song, We Made It. I really liked that one. Then uh, Back of My Mind, the Ty Dolla Sign. I liked the Trauma one. I like Trauma because Corday just sounded like some J. Cole feature. Is that just me? I, I, uh. I literally already compared a rapper to J. Cole today, but, you know, I'm going to do it again. Uh, I think that feature specifically. I don't think Corday gives me J. Cole vibes. I think but... there's literally one song in my likes that has a feature. Well, I don't. I, I don't know. No, because I, I like Slide with YG too. The last song. That's like, the that's like, the that's the one I like. Yeah, I like that's Slide. the one. Uh, then I liked uh, Process and My Own, but uh, I really like. How the a lot fuck did we not like any of the own song? Or like. Slide is our only overlap. Because there's an hour and a half of music here. I know, that's I know. I'm just saying it's yeah, that's a first in a while. Usually we're pretty spot on with at least two or three. Uh, I think I think I think two episodes ago we said this exact same thing. So maybe it's not as uncommon as we think. Okay. <laughs> Different taste know. of music. It's it's crazy. Uh, yeah, this is a lot. This album is a lot. It is an hour and a half, and yeah, I can like. I understand why most people don't consume music this way, uh, because it's like, you know, it's like you sat down for an hour and 20 minutes of listening to one person go through their thoughts semi-cohesively, but not fully. Like, it's not like a movie, right? Where there's, even if it's a shitty movie, there was an idea of how they got from point A to point B to point C to point D, right. all the way till the fucking final act and the big explosion or whatever. There's a blueprint. And this is, this is very much like, it's taxing to listen to thoughtfully, you know, because obviously... Yeah. This isn't the type of music you just turn on to, like... I mean, you can obviously vibe to it, but it's not like... You know I mean? It's not some nameless trap rapper that you're, like, literally just trying to catch vibes from, and you don't care at all what they're saying. This is very much, like... It's a very personal record, um, and she's got a lot of, like, really introspective relationship stuff, and I think that's most of the songs that I end up taking away from it. Um, I liked Damage, I liked Cheat Code, and I liked Process. Um, And then Slide is just a given because yg is insane yeah yg yeah i i want to say i'm sleeping on yg but i know i'm not 
I know I'm not. I know his produ- his normal production compared to well, what this song I'm is. I'm just saying, he, he's got a 10 song 2021 album if we wanted to. Hey, I, community listen, with a K not, service. Hey, I am not opposed to hating on some YG. His one album, ah, what was that album called? 2014. Uh, he had an album in 2014. Those no, yeah, in 2014 that I really liked. I, I liked YG back then. Blame it on the streets. No, it's like my life. Blame it on the streets is 2014. Uh, uh, my crazy. Oh no, my crazy life is also 2014. My crazy life. Oh. Yeah, I, at the time, I think there's some DJ Mustard. There's like three or four DJ Mustard tracks on there, and it's just that you know the clap and the A and the clap, you know, the snare. Yeah. The, there's a lot of big features on it too. It's like got literally everybody got from Drake, fucking Black Hippie. It's got School of Q. It's got J Rock. It's got Tory Lanez. It's got Drake. It's got Kendrick. It's yep. got Hadala Sun. Yep. YG was popping for a second. And then... Meek Mill, Rich Homie Kwan, Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj. Man, Rich Homie Kwan and YG in the same song. What a year that used to be. <laughs> you're just you're not gonna get that. Or if we're gonna get that. In this day and age, it's not going to be relevant at all whatsoever. But, you know, I I wish it was. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. I don't know if I said it. Uh, the, her song, Bloody Water. Did you listen to that one? It's kind of, kind of gave me Marvin Gaye vibes. Did I listen to the song, Bloody Water, on well, her I mean, album I'm that sure, we were supposed to listen to? I'm, I'm, yes. I'm saying, did you, did you catch that song? Because apparently the bass line was done by Thundercat. And it does not say that. Uh yeah, there's there's a there's I mean, a baseline. Friends, I mean, you just you just make music together. You don't need to get credited all the time, right? But her official YouTube just straight up says featuring Thundercat, and I was looking oh. at the track on oh. Spotify going back and forth. I'm like, wait, this is the same song, so I don't know. It's I actually I I just hadn't marked this one, but I did like that one actually. I'm like play pushing play again. That's what oh, I'm telling you, man, this album, the first time, is like, I don't know about this, but if you listen to, like, when you listen to this album a couple more times, just a few more times, it's, it's definitely not easily digestible, but, but I think it's a solid listen, uh, it's definitely got very classic R&B vibes, I mean, very just, your idea of R&B, a lot of these songs are gonna fit in that mold exactly, and, you know, like I said, she's not reinventing anything. But I think she's doing very solid at what she's trying to accomplish, which is, you know, make a good R&B album. And then she even goes, she she raps. She's got a few bars. Uh, not not a ton of the album is her rapping, but, you know, when she does, it's not bad at all. Pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, I get a lot of different vibes from her, you know. Uh, I get, like, Janae Aiko vibes a little bit sometimes, and then... Like I said, that one song is kind of Marvin Gaye-ish, but then kind of like old Sierra, like way back when Sierra vibes. I mean, there's just uh, there's a lot going on in this album, and I actually I really appreciate it. Other than I Can Have It All, produced by DJ Khaled, featuring Bryson Tiller. I cannot appreciate that song. That was a uh, that was a bad one. And it was what? I, I actually didn't you? listen to come... I didn't listen to Come Through with Chris Brown because I don't listen to anything with Chris Brown in it. Just yeah, Oh, I felt weird. Yeah, I felt weird about that song. I didn't put on my likes. It's not the worst song, but I feel weird supporting Chris Brown still. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I don't. I just don't. <laughs> so I didn't listen to that one yeah, song. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I thought that I, I just I'll say it. I can't name off the top of my head a DJ Khaled song I like. I, I think he did one with Migos 
for culture one that I might like, but that's it. That's it. Like I, the fact that I know exactly, or, you know, I'm pretty right, you sure. Could you name it the one? The one <laughs> DJ Khaled song. Yeah. He, the right. best music. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can have it all. That's a bad song. And then Bryson Tiller is quote unquote featured on it, but he's there for the first 15 seconds and literally not in the rest of the song. Maybe he's backup really? vocals. Yeah, maybe maybe he's backup vocals, but I, I I made sure to listen to the song a couple times. He he has this weird kind of singy monologue bit, little skit thing at the beginning, kind of interlude to the song, and then it's just oh DJ Khaled her song, and uh, I don't know, it's a it's a bad song. I I'll be the first person to say if I ever had a record deal, of course I would take DJ Khaled's you know name recognition. But right, it throw just, him on a it's track, still a bad that. song, man. It, yeah. It's still the worst song on this album, easily. I don't even have to think about it. Well, I mean, and she she has a lot of like really popular music. Like it's not like she needs DJ Khaled to have a successful album. You know, uh, I mean? you know. But if he offered, I probably wouldn't say no, even if I was really popular. I I would. I'm not money, money, John. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I don't have a ton to say about it. Don't have a ton more to say about the album. I will say, if Ty Dolla Sign could say "Ooh yeah" on every single song ever, every song, yeah. I'd be okay with that. Or like every single song, if I could get a Ty Dolla Sign saying "Ooh yeah," faded out, that'd be great. Uh, I'd appreciate it. It'd make all R and B infinitely more enjoyable for me. Um, did you want to say anything or give it a score or anything? Yeah, I think scoring it's worthwhile. So yeah, I mean, in total, what, it's full five songs that I liked on this 23-song hour and 20-minute album. album. It's a big album. I mean, just the biggest takeaway for me is that she's obviously so talented and has a lot of good connects in the music industry. And like, even just the random note about Bloody Water being done by Thundercat, that bass line, I'm like, that's dope. And I love Thundercat and pretty much anything he does. So go figure, I like that song. But, um, like, it just screams you're either money-hungry or have no right people in your corner telling you to, like, rein it in a little bit, you know? And whichever one of those two things is happening, like, yeah, go get your money or, like, you know, cool, enjoy it, release it in your perfect way and intent. But I just don't imagine that you release 21 fucking songs and go, oh, yeah, like, this is what I meant to do. So, all that to say, um, I would probably give this, like, a six and a half. Really? Not because I dislike it for any particular reason, but I'm, like, for an album. For right. 21 songs, I liked four of them. See, I liked a lot I would of go songs, back. You know? Yeah, I would go back to four. You know? So, I'm just like, eh. And again, uh, maybe I just need to listen to it again again, but I'm like... Yeah, I, I, I uh, listen. That first, that first listen, I was expecting to just be like, okay, five out of ten. I don't care, move on. <laughs> but I, I just, I can't do that to an album we're reviewing. So, uh, I want to give it an eight. So really, yeah. Okay, oh, so yeah. what's that? What's that put us to? Like a seven two five? Yeah, I, seven. I, no, seven. I mean, seven five. Something like that. Either one, we could do a seven five or a seven two five. I think we did one other two five before. Uh, what was that Luca? We did a two five yeah. for it. Yeah, because I don't think I wanted to go full eight or something like that. 
All right, uh, we'll do a seven two five. We'll do a seven two five. Uh, I I wanted to give it higher. I just want it on record, but uh, you know that's that's how averaging works. Them's, yeah. <laughs> Them's the rules. Okay, moving on to the MCU first, Black Widow, uh, pre sequel squeakquel. I don't know what you want to call this. Squeakquel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I call it that because. It's a sequel, but it's a prequel, but it's not a prequel to the last movie we watched, and it's not a sequel to the last movie we watched, so... Yeah, it just exists in the timeline. Yeah, it's a cool... I, I, I don't understand what to call this thing. Um, yeah, Black, Black Widow Origins movie. Uh, you want to start off? Yeah, um, there's a lot I could say. Overall, I would say this surprised me um it wasn't as offensive as i thought it was going to be which is good um and i largely credit the predominantly female cast for that um just made it interesting and obviously it passed the whatever test of yes. two women talking about two you 100%. know whatever they want yeah, that's yeah. how you do it multiple time over yeah multiple times over it did that that's how you do um, it mr uh lin-manuel miranda and uh uh what was the director that uh but who cares? Yeah, whatever. That's Maybe okay. Linda and Miranda. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, it, it, it surprised me in that manner. But what really bummed me out, and is probably going to be why I'm extra critical of it, is it started off pretty good, I think. It did not offend me up until about the halfway mark, kind of near climax-ish, and then from climax to resolution where it just decided to undo itself, become the most marvelly basic action contrived thing with no consequence and people doing the most asinine insane stuff. And reminder, these aren't real superheroes. They're not right. god aliens. These are people. Right. These yes. are just people. Sure. I don't care how fucking trained well, of an Red assassin Guardian. you are. He's the only one who's actually he's just, super. He's young. just super strong. No, he's got well, he's got serum in him. I know, but I'm just saying he's just super strong. Like I just want to clear up jump that he's a, a superhero. I just wanted to say that. That's all. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but but I but like that's what I like. I liked his character too because he like I love human superhero characters. Like Batman is a dope yeah. character because Batman. I mean, obviously, you could argue that it's just his wealth, but like. It very much takes a smart, dedicated, and very wealthy person to do all the things that he ends up doing and, you know, can at least somewhat match people like literally Superman, a fucking god from space that can fly, shoot lasers out of his eye, is faster than anything on Earth, is faster than, or can, you know, fly and do all this other shit. Um, and so I liked, uh, whatever, the Crimson Guardian for that, um, because he's just kind of strong. And outside of that, he's just like a brute, you know? He's just a man um, trying to serve a purpose and work a job and do a thing. Um, whereas, again, Scarlett Johansson and her quote-unquote sister are more, like, emotionally complicated, but far less physically superior than anyone. It's kind of like you have to be crafty and you have to be manipulative, and there's, like, a, a lot of spy elements to this movie. But then it falls so short because it's just, like, it's like ludicrous action sequences where like you go, if literally anyone had a thing with a bullet, this would have ended an hour ago. Yeah. 
Yeah. There was no guns in this movie. They were like shooting lasers off the wrist. I'm like, chop it off. Get a fucking sword. Like <laughs> they were using like those like electric poker rods. And I'm like, like was yep. this cool? Someone designed this set and said, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna make them weird police officers. And where did those where did those <laughs> rods come from? Did they explain that at all? Because those no. just came out of nowhere. They were just like, hey, these rods are like red fucking lasers on the end of it. Here you Everything go. was they red because they the were Russian. Like, Obviously. I think it was just poor. I think it's just poor design, like intentionally lazy because they knew they wouldn't have to explain it because it's Marvel. You know, like, oh, we're just going to do something that looks cool and like functions to whatever we've choreographed. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I want to. I I I, th- I think I agree with you for the most part. Um, I, I I try and you know keep the my realism or grittiness of superhero movie complaints like cutting off people's hands i try and keep that on the low but uh the beginning was interesting enough it it had some definitely dark themes uh definitely darker than i i was assuming marvel was gonna go with i will say it's hilarious the intro credits one that we still have those intro credits and two it picked smells like teen spirit by nirvana yeah but like but like done with the weird, you Slow-mo, know, slow mo lady curious, singing. I was curious how you were gonna go with that. Hilarious, um, absolutely hilarious. I I really couldn't believe it. I, I I thought I was watching a movie just out of time, and I can't tell if that's what they're going for. You know what I'm saying? Because this movie feels like it came out when it was supposed to be in the timeline. Does that make sense to you? No, like, I felt delayed. Like like no, but I mean like it. Seems like it should have came out in 2013. You know oh, what I'm yes. Yeah, like yes. after yeah. Infinity War or yeah. whatever, before Infinity War. Yeah, it, it definitely feels dated, and I'm not sure if that's on purpose and whether it is on or not. Doesn't really help the fact that it definitely feels dated. Uh, there's there's a lot of things. I thought the beginning was pretty solid at setting up some characters. I didn't realize how kind of a fake spy movie this was going to be. Um I mean, they... well, that, that's my problem. It's 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 half baked in both fronts. It very much wants to be this big action movie, and it very much wants to be like female James Bondy in a way. Oh yeah, I mean, and it even underachieves in both. Yeah, like majorly underachieves both. Yeah, um, I mean, they even go as far to show her quoting James Bond, and like in the scene. Well, where what did she's, she quote? She's eating the breakfast, and there's a James Bond TV or there's James Bond on TV, and she said. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, yeah. I don't know. She's by she herself. Would. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to talk about how the Moore, Roger Moore, I think that's his name, Roger Moore, Sir Roger Moore, who played James Bond, those Bond films are absolute garbage and filled with just just bullshit and a lot of sexism and a lot yeah, of weird sexual rampant, situations. Yeah, rampant, inappropriate settings. And it's really weird that they would just... I don't know. Right. Invoke that. Put that in. Yeah, they yeah. would. They would invoke this <laughs> feeling card. of old James People Bond. People do that with like House of Cards. Like, well, you know, Kevin Spacey wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It, it's really weird what they uh, tried to do there. I, I don't see why they did it. Uh, if anything, it kind of threw me out of the movie. I cause... mean, not to do too much, but we we're talking about Rob Lowe, and that dude literally had sex with a minor on camera, and he's not canceled at all, so <laughs> anything's possible, bro. Anything's possible in this day and age, I guess. Just ask Rob Lowe. That's all you gotta <laughs> do. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought this, uh, 
it felt similar to the that scene in Avengers Endgame where they see Hawkeye and he's Ronan, or he's you know got the hood and stuff. And it just seemed mm-hmm. like that scene, but blown up into a whole movie. Yeah. I don't know if it really landed or really hit the mark because like you said, it was fine up until that climax, I think for me, because that climax was, I don't know if I've ever said this, that climax was too long. It was 30 minutes of just big set pieces and big explain your plan Herder, let's talk to the villain. Let him yeah, explain and his like, plan. It was heist movie too. <laughs> yeah, like you have to, you have to montage how how did you manage to infiltrate the secret base? And then they, <laughs> then they're trying to set up how Florence Pugh's character is probably going to be the next Black Widow. Uh, they they were really busy with that. It felt like just throughout the whole movie, it feel it felt like they just peppered just certain things. Just be like, oh, you're probably going to see something like that again probably going to get mentioned again you'll see Florence Pugh again uh her character I really liked uh because I did you ever watch that show Killing Eve that I've talked about uh I did not yet no okay well long story short it's about a police officer who's investigating a Russian cell network that hires girls to be killers stop me if you've heard this before and yeah <laughs> and the that doesn't uh, sound like anything i've watched recently yeah and so the russian killer woman the main character is named oksana and like there's just this movie i i was just like or sorry my only how much thought, they could steal yeah my only thought was oh killing eve did some of this better or oh killing eve did a russian girl assassin this. joke better than that was uh and which is sad because Florence p was probably I'd say her and uh, David Harbour were the highlight of the movie, acting-wise, because... I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, because they both were surprisingly pretty... Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a Russian man. Uh, I don't know the exact dialect, but I thought they yeah. were pretty solid in keeping it together. Yeah. They didn't really slip. I agree slip. completely. I yeah. agree completely. I thought, of the accents, theirs were the least offensive, and I really don't think anyone did a particularly bad job, um, and I'm going to be now... So you know, and now I mean, I don't know the exact quote here, but um, the person I went to the movies with mentioned this as well, so I can't take full credit. This is not my original idea, is basically what I'm getting at. But um, Scarlett Johansson's voice is so uniquely Scarlett Johansson that she will never not be Scarlett Johansson, and it's very much it removes me from her being black a certain way. But then my take on it, so that that's kind of like that other person's voice saying that Sorry, and i agree with say, that did you say black widow in a certain way i think you cut out for a second yes yes yeah uh that you know she she doesn't sound like black widow she sounds like scar johansson right she is not a actress playing a character or you know she's not the character she is an actress playing the character gotcha. you never just don't see her as the actress um and in this in a similar vein my problem with scarlett johansson um and again most time big movie people in general like i i want you to be typecast i want you to just be that thing forever like out tom holland never act in another movie just be spider-man for the next 50 years <laughs> probably like, <will> literally be. <laughs> just do it <laughs> like don't take little side roles don't do side gigs like um but all this to say that uh specifically Scarlett Johansson as an actress, I really think is overvalued. I genuinely believe she is not a very good actress. And I think for a lot of reasons, like 
and it's a very male dominated problem like again look no further than rob low like you can literally just be attractive in hollywood and voila you can work <laughs> um and she margot robbie this is the thing i want to talk about too margot robbie i think is a slightly more talented actress but for a lot of the same reasons just gets roles because she's hot and she can play someone who is hot and that's the shtick um and but, you know, Black Widow, like, they even spoofed on a little bit this with the hair flip thing, you know? And I'm oh, like... Oh, yeah, being all meta like, about the poser thing, that was a little weird. Well, it, it rubs me the wrong way because those are serious reasons that I don't like this. And now you're just trying to make it a bit? And just I'm like, but it already was a bit. Yeah, it already excuses. was a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just... I don't know, man. Marvel movies always find a way to just make me not care at all um and this really just hit that nail this right was on the not head. the marvel movie this is not it oh and uh another complaint i had so the biggest complaint let's yeah. let's let's Keep rewind going. meta for a sec start at the top the biggest complaint i have is that it started good and then tapered off yes. it tapered off so marvelly so tropey yeah. hit every fucking thing and of those the most egregious was the one i'm about to say which was you know, she's kind of pressed all the right buttons for the dude to get pissed off and then shows her the console and stuff and she breaks her nose and the big stuff's what getting ready to happen. The boiling point. <laughs> yeah, boiling point's happening. Um, and how many fucking explosions can happen behind a person? Why was anything exploding? No, 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 no. Why was anything exploding? That's my question. Shutdown sequence, bro. Obviously. No, she, no, <laughs> she, she blew up one engine. Okay. Spoilers. Just in case you weren't spoiled enough by this movie. So the climax pretty much ends or starts to end when Rachel Weiss is his character, which Rachel Weiss really didn't sell me on anything in this movie, but that's, Another point. Um, her character blows up one engine, and she even says, oh, I had to blow up a whole engine on the radio or whatever. <clears throat> but then all of a sudden, every single goddamn panel or walkway or any sort of material on this place was just exploding everywhere. Yeah. Just explosions after explosions after explosions. And I don't know if they explained why it was exploding, because... If you blow up an engine on a plane, the plane's still there. Like the cab, like the cab, the everything, everything's still there, but that engine's blown up. Okay. <laughs> well, and and the one engine can blow up, and you can still land the plane safely. Yeah, uh, I've, I literally have watched a video of an engine that blew up on a plane, and the passengers are like, "Oh no, we've trained for this." Like, or the the flight attendants are like, "We trained for this." Marine calm, everyone, get in your seat, buckle your seatbelt, and like, we're gonna prepare for an emergency landing, but. Just because it's an emergency doesn't mean all hell's gonna break loose. Half of us are gonna lose our lives. Like, yep. fucking bad guys are gonna fly down from the sky with fucking parachutes to land when on it's this a big sky castle. Shit. Okay, everything blows up when it's a sky castle. Which, when they yeah. revealed the sky castle, they made like an in joke where they said that's how he stayed above the radar. And yeah. I don't cringe? think I don't think they made that joke before. So it's weird that it's as if they referenced above the radar. But the, I don't I, I don't know, man. It was really weird. This movie this movie didn't feel concentrated. It felt like they were doing things, but there's just no point to any of the things they were doing. It, it I couldn't I agree more. Yeah, it, it, couldn't it, it agree just, more. 
It, it felt like a Marvel movie, but not in the great way. Not in the, oh, you need to see this. It's going to give you chill bumps at the end. Like, nope, nope. Not what, which Marvel no. movies did that for you? I don't know. Uh, I can think of one. Uh, maybe not chill bumps. Uh, Avengers at the theaters was pretty awesome. Okay, both those last ones were pretty sweet. The first Avengers was oh. pretty sweet at the theaters. Uh, there was oh. at least some excitement. This Too many fucking losers that like that shit that are talking the whole movie and clapping, well, yeah. and I'm like, shut the fuck <laughs> up. They can't hear you, dude. You can't blow Chris Hemsworth right now. Just sit down. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, I think Marvel movies are the reason I hate the movie theater. <laughs> for sure. For I, think sure. They, I think they fucking ruined it. But, um, well, I, I was going to say Guardians. Guardians, I think, is the one yeah, Marvel movie that I was like, oh, my God. This is, this is worth pouring money into Disney. Yeah, they're, they're, everything I else. Know. I don't this, know. This movie had a lot of cliches. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and wrap this up a little bit, but specifically, there's a lot of specific things with this movie that I had. Just very tiny things that just added up. Uh, they had a fight, and she had a gun and got hit out of her hand, and the camera did the thing where it pans to the gun sliding across the floor and them looking at the gun, and that's the most annoying shot I can think of these days. Just. <laughs> Of yeah. course, that's how you're gonna pan the camera. Yeah, like, yeah. please don't well, do and, that. Yeah, well, and it's like it's you know it's almost like you know is it assuming that we're dumb? Like we forgot they had a gun in their hand just a second ago. Yeah, or we're just so curious where the gun went. It's like I'm sure we're gonna find out where the gun went because yeah. where else are they gonna fucking go? One right. of them wants the goddamn gun. Right. Like, oh, are they gonna gun. pick it now up? No one has a gun. Oh. <laughs> yeah, or are they, are they gonna call a truce in the middle of the fight? <laughs> Why are they fighting at all? Because they're sisters, and clearly neither of them are intentionally trying to murder the other one. But no, John. I, yeah, sure. I, this is normal. I don't know anything. I, I need the placement of the gun to be established so that I can logically figure out why one character was diving for something. Like, oh, it just there's a lot of things in this movie. Uh, this is yeah. um, a small thing again. The lack of color was really weird. Uh, Marvel movies aren't the most vibrant movies. I'm not going to say they are. But this movie just had an extra gray to it. Or, you know, just an extra saturation or desaturation, I guess. Where Taskmaster... I'm not I'm not a big Taskmaster fan. He's not my favorite character in the Marvel roster. But why is he just so gray? Taskmaster is, like, specifically... I have literally no clue what you're talking about. The Taskmaster, the villain, the guy with the paintball mask, skull paintball mask. You know, that guy. What? The, what? The guy who's doing the, who's repeating the moves? That's, oh, his daughter? No, I was just saying, yeah, yeah, his daughter. Yeah, 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 the character's daughter. Okay, I was yeah. so confused. Taskmaster. Yeah. That's like... his super villain name. Uh, Her, right? I mean, not in the comics. This movie decided to do that, even though they said he multiple times and him a couple times. They said, hey, you know what's not a lazy twist? It's the girl that she blew up. <laughs> you can't say he and then expect that a twist of it being a woman. You can't do that, okay? You you literally, that's the cheapest way to do a twist. Of, I'm just going to say he and then it's actually she or vice versa, whatever you want it to be. Uh, that's not a twist. That's lazy. Um, yeah, but his, sorry, Taskmaster's costume is white and blue. I mean, white, not gray. I mean, it might be dull white, but it's not what we got. We got very gray, right. and everything is just doled out, and it kind of makes me afraid of Moon Knight, 
the new Disney Plus show. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, his costume's all white. So I can't wait till we get this gray, just dull <laughs> color palette. Um, Maybe um, the, just all the big characters get real costumes is the thing. You know, I if you're an so. Avenger, you get a real costume, and if you're not, you get sucked. I guess so. I don't. I don't know. Uh, you want to add anything? Uh, you know what? I'll say this is not Loki. After watching a pretty fantastic Marvel project and then watching this, kind of makes this worse. Just no, so I mean I kind of hit. The, knows. I, I I'll say one thing so I'm not only completely ragging on the movie because it did have positive things. I really, really enjoy the thing that I basically started with, where this completely passes the whatever. You know, Rorschach test, but not Rorschach test. The Rorschach uh, sexism test, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of, um, like, it is dope to watch, like, really badass women be badass. Like, there were a lot of interesting choreographed fight scenes and, like, some of the smaller scale ones, too. Like, even the comedic, like, you're freeing the, you know, Crimson Guardian from prison scene. Like, I, I actually enjoyed that. It took my, it got my attention well enough. But, like, when they just went so over the top, fucking like literally zero consequences possible with like ludicrous like you know like it's one thing that two people let alone two women let alone two women without superpowers let alone two women without superpowers one of whom has to fly a thing can infiltrate a russian prison and you know rescue dude forget how contrived that is like i can my brain can accept that but then you're gonna go and you're going to do the same basic thing that you already just did, but do it in a sky prison that's not operated by the government, but is operated by, like, literally the single most powerful person in the world, apparently. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> and he's got brainwashed assassins in the, what, hundreds, millions, thousands? Like, at least on the station, thousands? Very ambiguous, yeah. Um, like, just give me a break. Like, there has to be some superhuman element to that, and they never once had that. And then again, there was the whole problem with the guns and stuff. So the the point I'm getting at is there were a lot of really cool, prior to the climax, scenes where it was just like a one or a group of women just being really badass in a way that movies don't typically show a woman being badass. And not like... It wasn't like, oh, here's a girl doing it. It was just like, we're being badasses, and they just happen to be women. That is what I love about it. It wasn't like it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't flipping your hair, and it wasn't like, you know, I mean, I'm sure they were mostly in like super tight, you know, outfits that highlight how good their bodies are. And maybe one day we'll get people who just look like normal people. I like, mean, hey, the outfits that, weren't like, the but they weren't incredibly Greek, but it's not Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's not Wonder Woman. Yeah. It's not Wonder Woman. It's not a fucking bra and a thong. It's a very, it's not... It is a nice change of pace. Yeah, this. I mean, this movie was a movie. I'm not going to deny that. It had the Marvel budget and the Marvel team behind it. I mean, at this point, I can safely say Kevin Feige is a genius and he knows what he's doing. So even if the movie's bad, it's like there's still something to this that I guess adds layers of an experience. But all in all, still not a great movie. No, I, I would honestly, I'm still going to give it a pretty bad review. I, th- I would say five and a half. I had a six. I give it a number. So six, six half. Perfect. So, yep. Um, yeah. Uh, now that we've given a score of five and a half or six, I do want to talk about the more marvely aspects to it. Sure. <laughs> um, Red Guardian said he fought Captain America in the eighties. How how I I can't wait till they explain that one. What well, and then they 
Did they explain it? Well, they, or did I no, no, did no. I not hear that? So, so so he said, you know, like, oh, I was fighting him in the 80s. Yeah. And then the dude was like, you know, He's he was frozen, frozen in ice in the 80s. Yeah. And then he broke the guy's wrist. So I, I'm assuming it's just obviously he was lying, oh, right? Well, I just assume there's maybe a fake Oh, Captain God, is there going to be an 80s? Yeah, oh. I thought there was going to be a fake Captain America out there. They, Captain they... America propaganda exactly. thing? Exactly. Boom. Yeah, that's exactly Ugh. what I thought. Like, it, like... Uh, the new U.S. agent, but back in the '80s, pretty much. Uh, I thought that's what they're doing. Maybe, maybe I was totally wrong and just read that completely wrong. I, I was, uh, I was just curious. Um, yeah, I, I guess Florence Pugh is going to be Black Widow if we ever get, if we ever need that character again. I assume she's just going to magically pop up since we haven't seen her in this timeline for a while, because you know this movie's back in time, so. Her character's just been not there since they had introduced her. Whatever. <laughs> there, there's some layers that they have to address. But, um, yeah, uh, six sound good to you? I don't think yeah, I, I, have, I think I'm thinking I'm fine with that. I don't think I have anything else to say. I will say Ray Winstone had a weird part in this movie. He's the villain. Yeah. He's, I, he's a great actor, but I don't know why he was... I, I was fine with his utilization because I weird. think... They went so tropey that, yeah, he's like this mysterious villain who has got these super grand... Like, you know, I'm just like, it's as lazy as I would have expected it to be. My problem is that initially my expectations were blown away a little bit, subdued a little bit, and then, of course, they brought him right back to the forefront. I was like, oh, fuck, of course. Like, oh, you mean your daughter's that thing in this... Oh, my God. <laughs> Shut the fuck the, up. Bro. Oh, man, the Taskmaster thing. Also, Taskmaster talks. I'm... I don't want to be that guy, but a lot. She did of... talk. Okay. When she took the mask off and she was freed from her. I was about to say a, a lot of goo. people. A lot of people had a problem when Deadpool was silenced for the X Men Origins movie, but the second Taskmaster is silenced, I'm not hearing anything from anybody. It's I don't know. It's weird. Just because he's a B character doesn't mean he deserves the worst. B, fate. bro, okay? you're being sexist. Okay. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I just, that character talks. Uh, he actually even, like, says his moves, and he actually has some humor. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, yeah, 6 out of 10. There is actually one last, this episode needs to end. Oh, my God. There, this episode yeah. needs to end. One last thing. How do the physics work of a building falling down and her sliding across it? Did that, the science behind oh that really had God, me thinking. You know dude. what? Because you know, wind I, I'm resistance. telling you, the whole the whole climax was just so bad. But I'm saying, but... I'm saying, if a giant skyscraper was just falling to the ground, could I walk on this, or you know, slide on said skyscraper? Or of course not. Yeah, but I don't know. Wind resistance. I don't know. It made me think of how any of this would actually work out. But yeah. It wouldn't. What do you mean? The second that the fucking. When she's jumping after her sister and she puts the parachute on her, the second that happens, any one of the millions of little bits of rubble just start piercing holes into yeah. the fucking yeah. <laughs> parachute, and then boom, they fall to their goddamn death. She threads or, the needle through like a windowsill, but then that parachute's totally fine the yeah. whole way down. Or, 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 the, or the unconscious uh, fucking 
demon robot that can mimic your every fighting move that also has a parachute that is also jumping out and is also trying to kill your ass would kill your ass dude (laughs) it's not waiting till it gets up close to shoot you it's got fucking perfect aim it would just start blasting your ass taskmaster would have just destroyed you like the whole time i'm like you're just people yep they mention it even in the movie well you know you're a b you're a b character because thor doesn't need goddamn ibuprofen after a fight and i'm like yeah that's so true so how the fuck are you doing all the shit that you're doing <laughs> it's the, the whole movie takes place over like four days and somehow they've traveled to like 10 different countries yep. you know like i'm like i'm just, just a flight time doesn't make sense uh... go, go across like three continents and twice to russia and i'm like yeah, Sweden to Russia is not that far. Norway, wherever, you know, Nordic country she was in. But they were in Morocco, okay? Yeah. And then they went back to Russia. And they're going to the prison in Russia. And then they go wherever the fuck the mom was at. But they said, like, Moscow area, so yeah, I assume... Moscow. I assume the prison is, like, bumfuck, way east, middle of nowhere Russia in the cold was where it looked like. And then they're going to go all the way back out to Western Russia, to Moscow, the capital. And then they're going to go all the way back out to fucking near space. <laughs> You're like, there's just not enough time in a goddamn day for you to be doing that. Uh, did you watch the post-credit scene? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, uh, I don't care. Yeah. I Sick. That I'm was glad just... you get to movie. How awesome. Like yeah, what great. a lazy, like of all the ones I've sat through and watched, like that was super lazy. Yep. Just uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus just being her new character and saying what's yeah, up. Yeah, I, th- I thought she was just going to say, you know, some, like like a little Friends blurb or something. Like, I, I felt like that would have been a more marvelly fun way to end the end credit scene than it would have been to... Yeah. Uh, or not Friends, Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But, uh, yeah, okay, okay. We'll wrap this up. That was episode 37 of The Long Worst one. Critics. Let me get through the outro, okay? It'll be shorter if you let me do that. <laughs> no, no, no. You can do the do. Let this whole thing ride. Just you don't have to edit this at all. People like. Oh, I'm not going outro. to. I am not going to. Episode thirty-seven of the Worst Critics. Catch us next week on episode thirty-eight, where where we'll be reviewing Vince Staples' self-titled album, Vince Staples, and Space Jam Two: A New Legacy. As always, I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pina. And we're out of here.